Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you as always. If you're listening on 93.3, appreciate that. Hopefully, you know, maybe you're in the car, you're headed wherever you're going. Drive safe, man. People like to text, always looking down at their phone. You know, I was on the highway going 84 miles per hour. I was, I admit, I was speeding. You got me. This guy that I went around He's going about 80, Tom. He's going 80. And I look over because he was a little weavy, a little weavy in the morning, in the morning hours. He was a little weavy. And I look over there and, you know, he's not staring at the road. So I slowed down and I stayed next to him because I wanted to see how long would this continue? He stared at his phone for a good 15 seconds without looking up on the highway. So that's what I'm saying, kids. You got to be careful out there. I'm terrified. My son will be 16 in November. He'll be driving. And I'm not worried about him, but this is not a PSA. I'm just getting it off my chest. I'm just letting you know. Well, Thanks for to the show, but be careful. I'll give you a PSA real quick, as we discussed yesterday. Call Star FHP if you have an issue like that on, on the highway. Because <laughs> if you call 911, who's, the, the operators are criminally underpaid. It's a very important service that 911 does for mm. people. Also, uh, they, they, they've got to have their own wing for, of therapy. Because of the calls that they get and the things yeah. they hear. That's awful. I couldn't do it. It is. And uh, you're getting paid the same as, uh, I don't even know what, right. like a, an aftercare teacher at a school. Like, that's not cool, man. You got to yeah. get paid a lot of money to, to handle those crises. But don't call 911 if somebody's going the wrong way on I-10. Because they'll yell at you and say, why are you calling me? So call Star FHP. I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was an emergency. So maybe 911 would be a good place to call. But They told uh, you nay-nay. Nay-nay. Oh, can you direct me? No. Great. Well... <laughs> That uh, Isuzu truck that's going the wrong way on I-10, it's going eastbound Ooh. westbound side, has uh, probably killed three people now, thanks to your, your delay. Appreciate Broke it. out the Isuzu, did you? How about that? Was. That's what it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, surprised that thing was functioning, <laughs> let alone good. I mean, was, my goodness It was gracious. functioning in the wrong direction. I don't know if the driver was functioning, you know. But. Did I ever tell you the story of uh, – uh, and welcome in, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, Tom, Tom, Tom and I, by the way, had to, uh, to record today quite literally two hours before the start of the show. So this is fresh content, but it is not live. It is, it is a couple hours old. That's all. I got to do that for FCC purposes, but uh, Tom's going on the road. He's going to be out of town and we didn't want to miss the show. But I'm had- still working. You'll see yeah, me tomorrow. Yeah, know? no, no, I know we're still doing shows and we'll have another show for you tomorrow. It's just that we are, the schedules are kind of hodgepodge guys in the summer. It's our only time. We, we don't get weekends off in the fall, and we work kind of seven days a week when football starts. That's not a complaint. That's the life we chose, and it's a good one. Yep. I love my job, but I do, like you, have a family and friends I'd like to visit and see every now and again and a little, get a little, get a little uh, respite 
from the job. So summer is when we do it. So if, if we get a little herky-jerky with the schedule, that's why. Ira has to take vacation. Corey has to take vacation. Aslan has to take vacation. Tom Lang has to take vacation. Director Matthew has to take vacation. Jeff Cameron has to take vacation, guys. It just has to happen. So you, this is you the never way it works. take any. You, you never no. take any. Yeah. <laughs> um, funniest thing Jim Rome ever did, by the way. I take a lot of days off because I get a lot of days off. That's right. That was one of my favorite moments when the listeners or the callers to the show would get so mad because Rome would like take two weeks off in a row. Yep. Just like I'm, I'm gonna be out for two weeks. You won't see me in the month of May. And then uh, he'd be like, "Yeah, what's your problem? He'd I'll have take like, a lot uh, of time off because I get a lot of time off." He'd have like Jay Stu fill in, and it's oh, awful. Yeah. Like the best guy he'd get would be Jay Moore, but you Jay know, Moore was it, the best. Yeah, he wasn't always available. So some of the people they get, the, the people would freak out. They would freak out, and then he'd say, well, oh. "I don't care. I don't care." And Jay, Jay Moore uh, <laughs> fell off a cliff, man. That, that's an unfortunate yeah. set of circumstances with old Jay Moore. But anyhow, that said. Uh, we'll have some sort of uneven scheduling in the in the in the next couple of months, uh, but we're here for you and we're ready to go now. And if you're driving around listening, like I said, be careful. There's crazy textures out there. They're not even looking at the damn phone. They're not even I mean, the road. They're not even looking at the road. Never thought I'd see a day just driving around killing each other. Not even looking at the road. It's crazy, it's crazy. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, mm-hmm. is the day. Now, that according to Warchant.com. Uh, and a wonderful segment. If you guys haven't gone to Warchant.com and read this week in Florida State Recruiting, uh, Matt Lasser recapping what's going on with visitors and offers and who's saying what, when, and who's committing and how, and all that good stuff, then you're missing out. You need to go over to Warchant.com and, and read that. Uh, and I think, I think, Tom, by your suggestion, suggestion, if I could say the word, uh, amongst others, that's a that's a regular feature we need to keep rolling because I like it. Yeah, it's one stop shop, baby. It's concise. It sends you over to the boards uh, for extra insights. It's got the links there. It sends you over to the on three national if there are big things like Chad Simmons yesterday put in uh, what is tantamount to a prediction for Florida State's land a, a crystal ball uh, for a four star defensive end. I know that's not our thing at on three, but you get the point. So it's just this whole conglomerate of what the hell is happening? I don't have a lot of time. Boom. Warchant.com. Read the whole thing. And then if you want to expand on your knowledge about a Jalen Key or Keon Coleman or some of the kids in the 24-25 class, you're covered. It's perfect. Well, okay. So here's the thing. You brought up Jalen Key. Uh, Obviously, you also brought up Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman. But back to Jalen Key for a second. He told Warchant that Friday is likely the day. So tomorrow – is going to be the day that he'll make his decision between Florida State, mm-hmm. Alabama, and Ole Miss. Now, he was an honorable mention all-conference USA player. Uh, he had a lot of great things to say about Florida State when he left this past weekend. Um, he was also very impressed by Alabama, as one would be. I mean, it's not as if they don't have the very best of best in facilities, and obviously the track record speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. So, it's important. I mean, we, 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 it's a big deal to get this kid. You want a plug-and-play guy. Jalen Key is a plug-and-play guy with great experience and talent. It's not the be-all, end-all. It's not the end of the world. If he were to choose Alabama over Florida State, yep. I would be disappointed. I'd also understand it. But there are other guys out there. There's a Chuco safety. There's some other guys they're looking at. Who knows about a grad transfer down the line? We'll see. <clears throat> but there's another message here, Tom, that I think is important. You know, you're trying to make 
inroads. You're trying to 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 kind of win little battles here and there against the biggest names in the sport again. You're trying to get back to being a player. When we talk about the elite programs, the creme de la creme of college football, who's bringing in the talent? Where do the best players in the country decide to go? Whether they're straight out of high school and they're a five-star left tackle or they're an elite transfer portal prospect who amongst the players in the portal are rated the highest. Now, that's very different. That's a very different set of circumstances there. You could be the number one defensive tackle in the portal, and you're coming from Western Michigan. That's not the same as a five-star defensive tackle that is being recruited by Ohio State, Alabama, and let's say Florida State, and you win that battle. It's a very different discussion. But these battles all matter. And you are in a position to win over a guy and get the services of a guy who took his time and thoroughly vetted Alabama. Yeah. And it doesn't mean nothing. It's not for nothing, as they say. If he comes to Florida State, you got a guy you needed. You got a plug-and-play guy in all likelihood, or certainly a guy that's going to elevate the room in the competition. And you would have beaten out freaking Alabama Correct. for his services. So I think there's a lot at stake here. I'm not telling you again that if we don't get him, if he goes to Alabama, well, Florida State just can't win the big ones. No, I'm not saying that. But we're trying to chip away trying to kind of get in these battles. Don't forget, we just got done getting a kid that had originally committed to Florida State, backed out of that commitment, gave that commitment to Georgia, which has become tied in you. He's a five-star kid that everybody in the country wanted, Georgia really wanted, got a yes from him, only for him to backtrack from that and say, you know what, the more I think about Florida State's the place for me. They, they're upwardly mobile. I really like what Norbell's doing. I feel like the program's going in the right direction. Yeah, I'm a five-star tight end, and I'm saying yes to Florida State. That was a big deal because you took him from Georgia, and he's a really good player. But you took him from Georgia. Can you take one from Alabama here? I don't know the answer to that. Tomorrow we might. Well, this is as good of a crack as you're going to get. And uh, Jalen Key talked to on threes, Matt Zenitz, about the decision. He said he hopes to, by tonight, Thursday night, have it in his brain, and then he can hopefully go public with it on Friday. I don't know if that means that on Thursday night, maybe he'll reach out to collectives to get their best and final. I don't know if that matters as much, or maybe the numbers are known for that part of the equation. But a huge part of the equation in this particular circumstance, this is a player that went to Godby. This is a player from Tallahassee. This is a player who has a connection with Coach Fuller. So this is across the board. If you're going to make a battle happen with Alabama in which you win, you need to have maybe something tilt your, in your favor, which is hometown discount. And I don't mean that in terms of dollars and cents. I just mean that the heartstrings are pulling him back to Tallahassee. He has family members that are big Florida State fans. He said as much on the record. He says it feels like home when he's at Florida State. Well, if you want to go back home from UAB, Here's your shot. The school that you always wanted to play for now wants you, and that might push him a little bit closer to the direction. Maybe mom and dad say, hey, we'd love to be able to just drive down the road and go see you play. So, again, all things considered, this is not a UAB transfer that's an Alabama native that you're trying to pull out of Crimson Tide territory. This is a Tallahassee native who didn't get the offers that he wanted, went and balled at UAB, 
and now he's getting the attention of the big players in the sport. So Florida State does have a little bit of an advantage, naturally speaking. We'll see if they can if that's enough to push him over the top. Well, and not knowing the kid, I have not spoken to him, so I don't know where he stands on this. But there's this goes one of two ways when you're from the hometown of the program that's recruiting you. Uh, there are extremes in, in, in looking at this, right? It's a little bit different than if it's just someplace like, I don't know, Marshall. Um, when you're from an area, I remember growing up, obviously in St. Petersburg, and we'd go in the locker room, and it was funny. Back then, Tom, you got your offers in the mail, and the head coach would walk into the locker room after practice, and he would call out the names of individuals who got letters that day. And obviously, I was fortunate enough to play with some really talented guys at that time, and I remember it was pretty humbling when they would call out William Floyd, and, and Coach Bob Stevens would hold up a stack of 35 letters or 45 letters. And then he'd say, Tommy Carter, and he'd hold up another 50. And it, you could see the outside letter was, you know, Notre Dame. And then you look over there and you can see the symbol for Florida State, Florida, Miami. You can see, like, you knew, right? Then he'd be, Cameron, you got a letter from Western Kentucky. All <laughs> right. So, you know, it was humbling. But my point was this. Whenever I got a letter from an in-state school, and no, Florida State didn't offer me, but whenever I got a letter from an in-state school, uh, and it was the smaller ones, I threw in the garbage. I was like, no, I do not want to stay in the state. I've grown up here. I don't want to be in Florida. Anybody offering me outside of the state of Florida, you got a shot. You got a shot for old Jeff's services. But, but if you were in-state, yeah. and I wasn't good enough to get an offer from Florida State or Florida or Miami or whatever. But if you were in-state, if you were – UCF or something, I was like, eh, I'm not moving from St. Peter, Orlando. I'm not staying in the state. It's hot as Hades here. I got to get out. And that was my mindset. And you meet kids like that. You meet kids where they say, I, there is no chance I stay home. None. I got to see the world. There are others who are like, man, all I've ever dreamt of is playing for the hometown team. And all I've ever wanted is for my parents to be able to go inside Doe Campbell Stadium, if you're from Tallahassee, and, and walk in there, and it's their son that is on that field. It's on Bobby Bowden field. And I don't know where he stands on this. You know, I don't know the way he felt when he ended up at UAB, when he didn't get the offers from Florida state, but if he's always wanted to play here and his parents have always wanted him to play here, if he does feel that way, well then this should be a no brainer. But I, again, I say no brainer and yet he has an offer from Alabama. So there's, there's no such thing. I don't suppose, but man, let's hope that's the thing that pulls it in our favor. Uh, hometown kid deciding, you know what? I had a taste away. I got to see what it was like to be away. And I've really always wanted to come home. And I'm going to go back and, and go away again in the not too distant future. So let me do this as, you know, maybe a, a hat tip to my folks and say, let's get, let's do this all together for a mm -hmm. year. Cause usually these kids that, that transfer in, I know we've had some multi-year transfers, but typically they come in thinking in their, in their own mindset that it's going to be one year and I'm going to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish and then we can move forward to the next step, which is getting paid to play the sport at a professional level with professional NFL contracts, not NIL deals. But we'll see. I mean, the other thing I'd, I'd caution here, and I don't know what the latest is. These things change by the hour. It's much like guys who are going to enter the portal and not enter the portal. But speaking generally, if you do not get this player or Coleman, and let's say you go over two, which would not be great, but if you go over two, there is still going to be a pool of talent that enters the portal after they're done with this semester of classes because Correct. they're graduates. So these aren't the last two prospects that you could possibly land. And if you don't, you're going to be 
at 82 scallies and inefficient. You know, it's nothing like that. So we'll see if FSU gets them. If they do, you check the box and you move forward and you say, okay, with these final couple of slots, how can we make this 2023 championship roster? Because that's what they think that they're building. How can we refine it and push it over the top? But, I mean, again, the next 24 hours, 36 hours for Jalen Key is the first domino to fall in, in many dominoes over the next couple months. So let me throw one more thing out there. And this is with any recruit. This is any transfer portal player, okay? There is so much to gauge here that I don't think those of us, if we're playing the role of fan, okay, we're not coaches or coaches or players. If you're just playing the role of fan, I doubt you spend a lot of time thinking about how does this player affect the locker room dynamic? How does this player affect the depth chart? How does this player affect the overall mood of a room? You have guys that have pinned in the work, guys that are on the precipice of having big seasons and opportunities that they've been waiting for, that they've worked hard for. And whether it's the safety or the wide receiver, some of those guys' opportunities get diminished, in some cases, greatly. The second you bring in a guy who has been as productive already as Keon Coleman. And the coaches do have to think about that. Would they have a problem on their hand if they bring in a guy that immediately makes you better and makes you a contender and makes you something better than you are today? Okay, you you want that. But at what expense do you lose the guy that has put in the two years and is on the cusp of being now the number two and has an opportunity of a lifetime to kind of turn the corner and become more of a a figure in this offense, uh, a key component in this offense? How does he feel? about a guy coming in who had 800 yards receiving with a substandard quarterback who's six foot four and has wheels and go up and get it. You know, you got to think about these things. We already saw it happen because it's exactly what happened at defensive end. It is why McClendon is not here now. They went out and brought in Gilbert Edmond and they wanted to bring in another defensive end. He happened to have the exact same measurables, by the way, as Derek McClendon. He was the same year, everything. And McClendon saw that and said, I'm out. I'm out. That, that Enough's enough. I'm not doing it. They were willing to take that risk. They were fine. Okay, Derek, you're a nice player, but you're not so good that we're really worried about your feelings about this. We, we think we got to get better, so we're going to do this. Would they worry about Portier's feelings? Would they worry about any of the safety's feelings? Would they worry? I mean, you you got to consider these things when you're looking at transfer portal players. It's part of the math. Yeah, I, I think in just by hosting a player and offering a player, they've already done the math and they say, no, it's worth it. it. It's worth it to us to take a shot at this particular player. And I think the pitch, like for safety, it's easy, you know, because you don't have any proven depth. So, you know, even if Akeem Dent or Shaheem Brown was to approach Coach Norvell or Coach Fuller and say, what gives? Say, I got freshmen in my two deep now, guys. I, I need, I, you know, may the best man win the most reps, but we're, we're always going to rotate. So that's a much easier sell at safety. At receiver, it's a little tougher. It mm-hmm. is. But I think the way you would go about that is say, look, we, we anticipated that Micah was going to be back. We didn't think he was going to leave. And I think that would be true. Malik left. And so we've got this kid coming in. You're probably even one step higher than you would have been net. If Keon comes here because of Malik, 
and Micah's departures, you're the next man up. And Johnny's not going to be here next year. So stay with us. And if Keon goes off and we go to the playoff, he's probably gone next year too. So you're about to be featured, and you're still going to be a part of an active rotation this year. So just sit tight. Well, there's there's not a big deal here. Now, how the kid takes it, I, I don't know. But I think that's the way that you would have to honestly have the conversation and say, look, man, I just lost two veterans and Pokey Wilson's gone. I could bring in another veteran right now. Your time is coming, and it's coming soon. There's the other aspect of this. We'll put a ribbon on it. It's a fun discussion, though, and it's a common discussion that we're going to have more and more as this goes on. Yeah, I think it's an easy sell at safety, too. I agree. I don't care if they're upset. There's nobody proven over there. You can get upset if you want to be upset. I'm not worried one second about your feelings. Uh, now, he wouldn't phrase it that way, but that's me. Now, as far as receiver goes, it is a little bit more dicey, and we know receivers are prima donnas and all that other stuff. But but here's the thing. You could, you could not only piss off Portier, you could piss off Johnny Wilson. So you're talking about, you know, that that's something else to consider. And I would say this, the, the figure that these players are asking for, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. factors into this larger discussion now. I mean, if all of a sudden, and I, I, I'm not saying this, but I am suggesting that it's a plausible dilemma. What if Keon Coleman says, I really want to come to Florida State. I want to play with Jordan Travis. I think this is a good spot for me. But by the way, guys. Everybody wants me. I'm being courted by a lot of teams, and I'd be a fool not to listen to that old Miss offer very seriously or some of these other offers that have come my way. And you guys, you're not even close. You're not even close to the money that they're talking about. You know, you don't have to beat that offer because I think your offense and your team is going places, and I don't think Ole Miss or whomever else is really going anywhere right now. I think Florida State's on the precipice of something great. But you got to be in the neighborhood. And what if that offer, again, I'm making figures up, okay, guys? But what if that offer up at Ole Miss is like 300 grand? And all of a sudden, the battle's end is saying, well, our valuation and we've got a locker room to consider here, you know, we're not touching 300. What if they said 200? And now you've got some guys in there going, really, really? Not only are you bringing in a guy that you're going to play over me now and you're paying him twice what you're paying me, three times what you're paying me, you don't care about me at all. It, it just, it changes the entire dynamic. It's, it's really, yeah. it's a balancing act. No, I mean, as you're playing the role of Keon Coleman and making an argument about this old miss offer, I, all I'm hearing in my head is fine. Go, go be <laughs> mediocre in terms of your relative. Yes, I, I, yeah. But the thing is, John, the only way that Johnny would get pissed is if the figure came in above his own because Johnny hosted Keon Coleman. So in terms of the visit, I don't think from a person-to-person or, or a locker room or a meeting room perspective that that's an issue whatsoever. But if you when decide... When money gets involved, when money gets involved... Correct. But I, I think it would be foolish. It would be foolish for the battle's end to pay that kid more than Johnny. Like, if, if that's what it came down to, the yes or the no, that's dumb. I would never do that. No. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't do that either, and I'm not suggesting to you that they will or want to or anything like that. I'm just saying these are the kinds of things. I posited this for our listeners. These are the kinds of balancing acts that these coaches are now involved in. It's not enough just to recruit a guy and hope like hell that the guy behind him doesn't get upset that he's been recruited over. Like that's been as, that's as old as football, and it's a coach's job to bring in new talent every year. And if you don't understand that about competition, then you can go take it on down the road anyhow. But now money's involved. And we know money has a way of hurting feelings and it can get ugly really quickly. 
yeah, so the question is, is Keon Coleman worth upsetting the next two years of your receiver room for? Like, is paying him to make sure that he comes to Tallahassee, if that's what it came down to, was a solely NIL decision? First of all, if it's solely an NIL decision, I don't want you. Secondly, if it did come down to that, I don't think the value that you get in upgrading the position, and it would be an upgrade, would outweigh having to reset the market within your own roster. Like I just, he, yeah. there are players that it's worth resetting your, your, everything you're doing across the board. Yeah, sure. Keon Coleman ain't that guy. Sorry. He's not Jordan Addison might've been last year. Keon Coleman is not at that level. So he's got to, he's got to fall in line to be here. It's a privilege to be here. Now it changed really quickly, but Florida state has a lot of leverage in these negotiations. Well, somebody's going to be open Keon. It can be you. So it's your call. I mean, Lane will scheme some stuff up for you, and that'll be fine and fun. It'll be great. Enjoy your four losses. But you could be wide open a lot because of Johnny, our H-back, our tight end, Jordan Travis legs. You're going to be wide open an awful lot on the way to an ACC championship and a playoff, young man. It's your call. This offer is this offer is substantial, but it's your decision. Yeah. I, I, oh, I agree. I agree. I'm just I'm just completely noting that it is a very much part of a, a factor now that you have to look at very carefully. It's not just, does this guy help us? Yeah. It's not just, do we become better if he says yes to us? It's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good, too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I walked around and settled in, disappeared for days again. Most of us were staying in.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply that when we, when we have these conversations and people begin to debate what Keon Coleman would mean and whether or not you should take the risk of bringing a guy in and upsetting the apple cart is he a you know, in some ways, you can get into the diminishing returns argument. Is he a luxury item? I mean, you already have an offense that is going to be very, very good. And so, you know, if you think about it, uh, you have Johnny Wilson. You have Portier. You feel good about him. All day, Dre is already showing he's pretty damn polished. There's nothing saying he can't go out and have a real good season year one. I mean, he, he very well could. He could be your answer at three. And then, you know, we, we keep talking about this, and I keep bringing it up, but it's something worth mentioning yet again. What if Winston Wright is right, for lack of a better term? What if what if Winston Wright is back at full speed? This is a kid that had, what, 65 catches or something like that at West Virginia? Uh, we're talking about a, a really productive player in the Power Five at a Power Five school where he was their guy. He was the guy, right? What if he's right? What if now, you know, they've just brought him along slowly, brought him along slowly, right to do so, didn't kill him in spring. Spring's about fundamentals. Let's just get you back out there running full speed. You know, we won't hit you. We're not going to get serious into the competition part of this, but I want you making cuts. I want you running routes. I want you catching the football live and full speed again. You know, we'll worry about everything in the fall when we really get after it um, and see if you're ready to go, seriously ready to go. What if he is? I mean, there's a good chance he might be, Tom. At that point, you know, you really do have a, a bit of a luxury if you bring in Keon Coleman. I mean, he, he makes your room better. You're a better team. There's no doubt about that. But do you have to have him, and what's the risk? You know, what, what are you, you're weighing that. Yeah, I, I don't think on its face the juice is worth the squeeze if he's going to play hardball and it's going to cause a problem with the way that the collective values things and they're going to have to go back and, you know, redo deals for other guys. I don't think this is a player and a need that would put you, you want to put yourself in that position over. I just don't. But if he wants to fall in line and take a substantial, you know, NIL payment. A good offer, good offer, sure. Good offer. And then he wants to be a part of the room. The value is apparent. The dude is proven, didn't have a great situation, produced anyway. And he's a great hedge against injury to Johnny Wilson. Not that Johnny is injury prone. It's just, you know, if Johnny goes down, where are we? And it put it that way. And that's you're, you're not in a great position at receiver at that point. So that would be the biggest argument I would make for Keon Coleman be all right, not ideal, but we got Keon now as the one and we can move some things around and, and we're fine. So that's the value of him. Uh, that's when a luxury can become a necessity. But I don't think when you just list that what Winston Wright could be, I think right now I'm in the camp that Vandravius might have a more productive season than Winston Wright. But that could change after a week in camp if we see Winston at full speed. And I'd say, all right, never mind, because the, the experience plus the ability would put Winston ahead of Vandravius in that list. 
but they've got so many weapons everywhere, and you've listed all of them, in addition to Trey Benson and Jordan's legs, but the offensive line should be better too. The off, I mean, and that matters greatly because time takes a, a an above average receiver and has him wide open more routinely than not. And you've got a lot of good route runners on this team too that are going to be in in great and advantageous positions, assuming you're healthy across the board. So yeah, it's worth it's worth just if you're a Florida State fan and you want to get excited, there's a lot of reasons to be. And we've documented them all throughout the spring and we'll continue to do it all throughout the summer. But when you do this, you, you, you know, you, you're actively involved in an exercise that puts you in the position of being a defensive coordinator. And if you're a defensive coordinator and Tom, you've brought this up a lot. I do. It's, it's just so uplifting. It's encouraging. If you're a defensive coordinator, what are you taking away? I mean, look, I've got a quarterback who is as dynamic a runner as there is in the country. I don't need to use him in that way, but if you're successful or you have the personnel, to lock up my receivers. Well, I've got a Trey Benson and a Jaheim Bell and a Morlock and a Biscuit and a quarterback that can run for days and make you miss in a phone booth. You're screwed. You're not stopping us. You're not. Now, I don't know how many of the teams on this schedule can do what I just suggested, which is to shut down the receivers. There may be a couple. And if that happens, you got to go to option two, three, and four. But we have option two, three, and four. We can ride and die with this offensive line and beat you up and throw off a play action. We can use the quarterback to spread you out and then let him run. We, you know, God forbid you try to cover us in man, you're screwed. So I, I, this is an all day offense, it's one that's going to travel. I think they're going to be sensational. And it's the one thing that I'm most sure about this season. If you said, what's something you're sure about? Oh, well, I'm sure Florida State is going to beat UAB or whatever. But but it, it, who who is it? We do play UAB, don't we? Uh, we play South Alabama. South Alabama. What the hell? Whoever the hell. Yeah, you're right. So, sorry, I don't have the schedule in front of me. I forget all the time with these little teams. Um, so, South Alabama. Or North Alabama. North or Alabama. That? It's, it's North see, Alabama. Even Tom didn't know. Yeah. North Alabama. Whoever the hell. I'm sure we're going to beat them. Okay. But when we get when we start listing the things we're most sure of, it does not take me long. That list is not long before I say, I'm sure this is going to be one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure about a lot of other things. Not sure if we're good enough at linebacker. Not sure if we're deep enough at receiver. Not sure that we're elite at the back end. Not sure. You know, those are all these things that you can say. I'm not sure we're going to beat LSU. I'm not sure we're going to win on the road at Clemson. I'm not sure. You know, all these things. But I'm damn sure the offense ain't going to be the problem. Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe it's uh, something we could discuss in the solving for the future next hour is just put on the defensive coordinator cap and come up with a plan. Like, what would you actually do? What would you do? And how would you devise a way? Maybe, you know, we get some interaction in the chat as well. Even though we're recorded, we'll document those uh, chat messages. We'll see what you I guys think. I think I know the answer. Well, I'll, but I'll the, save it for next hour. Yeah, because in the minute that we've got here before we need to pivot to the next topic, I just, I think overall it's a luxury to get Keon. If he joins us, it makes you, uh, you're hedging against an issue at, at receiver in terms of injury. Like the offensive line, this year, outside of center, it can withstand three to four injuries, and you're still yeah, going to don't even it. throw that out in the ether, buddy. No, but I'm saying that you know, even the championship team couldn't have sustained two. Correct. 
Correct. Could, not two. One, maybe, and maybe. But two, no way. No chance. This group can sustain many. Receiver? Hmm. It does get a running back. Absolutely can quarterback. You never touch uh, because it's, it's always hurt. It hurts every team tight end one or two. You're still, okay. I mean, this is, you're much deeper than you used to be receiver. Maybe that's why they're looking at Keon Coleman. Maybe that, that little pause that you, when you think about what happens if Johnny's not available in a given week, you say, well, maybe we could use another guy. Maybe that's where they're coming from. Well, I don't think, and, and, and by the way, that's not a, maybe that's just a flat out. Yes. If you lose Johnny Wilson, your receiver receiving core is butt ass average. That's it. He's the difference between them being really good and not. That's it. Dre Jacobs could change that, but we don't know. Uh, yet. Yeah, but we're betting on a true freshman to go out and light the world on fire. He might. Yeah. That's that's a tough call, man. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Do you remember such I saw, Tom, that you... Yesterday, I don't know when you posted it, but I saw it this morning. Uh, you posted a poll question. How about me checking out the boards, buddy? Wait. Checking out the boards. What kind of world are we living in that you're checking out the boards on the reg that you would know something? Because I posted it yesterday, I think middle of the show, about uh, yeah. basically the question is like, who do you like as the second back? Who do you want to see get the ball? If you're the coach, who well, do you get the ball to? Yeah, well, so let's do this. First of all, it is a weird world in which I'm checking the boards on a regular basis. But I suppose um, not only do I work for Warchant, and I should kind of be aware of what's on the website, but I also think that uh, maybe I'm doing it because I'm just loving all things Florida State football right now and all things that, you know, get us through another day and inching closer ever more to a season we're so eagerly anticipating. I really think that's the answer. I I think that I'm a pretty good barometer of the average fan that lives outside of Tallahassee or alumnus that is working in Tampa or Miami or Orlando or Atlanta or wherever the hell they are. And they just decide, you know, look, they're busy. They have jobs that don't involve sports. They are at the office all day. Then they have a wife and kids but they care deeply about Florida state. They still love their university. And so when they try to, you know, they work in just a little, like take a cursory glance to see like, Oh, is there any news? Did we get that recruit? Uh, is so-and-so coming on campus this weekend? What about, you know, the safety spot? What are we doing in terms of the transfer portal? Like I think right now, at, at least in terms of my attention on the boards, that I'm a perfect representation. Cause I, I would be that guy. Like if I didn't work this job and I worked something completely out of sports, say I was a teacher in St. Petersburg in the evenings or early mornings when I was either on my way to work or just got home from it, I'd go and see like, Hey, what are they talking about? What, what what's, is, uh, did we get the safety? Did we get the receiver? Who is a target? And I would probably check just the the topics and see like, is there anything in there that, can help me, you know, satiate my my need for uh, Florida State information, and because I because this football team does that, they're likable, they're fun to watch. I was sad when the season ended because of those facts, 
And so I feel like I'm that guy. Like this morning, I didn't know you posted that yesterday during the show. I didn't come home and check the boards. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday after work. You and I did with a client. Um, and and so we went to that meeting, sat down, had a great conversation, a good lunch, basically a late lunch. It was fun. Um, I came home. I spent time with the family. But this morning, first thing in the morning, had my coffee. I'm like, ah, well, let's see if we got any news on Keon Coleman. Let's see if we got any news. And I saw that you had posted that. And so I kind of chuckled. And then I answered it. And this is what it said for those that don't know. I didn't answer it on the boards. Oh, okay. I answered it in my head. I was going to say, I'm about to fall um, out of my chair. <laughs> no, I did not answer it on the boards. But you wrote, if you could choose FSU's number two running back, carries, carries is very important here in 2023, who would you trust with the ball? Now, Again, this is this is a two-parter because it's not touches. If it's touches, the answer is going to be Lawrence Toafili. I think everybody would just say it's Lawrence Toafili because of the magnificent receiver that he is. But if you're talking about toting the rock, Tom, and I think you are since you denoted carries. That's correct. Yeah, because yards, yards is not the same. It's carries. Yeah. It's carries. Well, the answer, sir, is Rodney Hill, and it's not close. And I know the poll question led to 60-something percent of our audience and the folks on Warchant saying Toa Feely, but they're wrong. It's Rodney Hill. Rodney Hill is the guy between the tackles that I want carrying the football and potentially being a big play running back. Now, Toa Feely is a big play running back, but I think he is an exceptional receiver and a good running back. Whereas I think Rodney Hill's upside at running back is greater than that of Toa Feely. Just running back. He probably won't catch the ball anywhere close to as effectively as Toa Feely. Toa Feely is phenomenal catching the football. And this is not a knock on Toa Feely. We're just talking about skill sets. And I see what you see. I know you get, I mean, Rodney Hill's really high on your list. You love him. You're, you're not wrong to love the skill set, man. As a running back, man, he's a gazelle when he gets into the open field. I really like Rodney Hill. And so my vote is Rodney Hill. And uh, the fine folks of Warchan who voted over 200 of you to, to take Toa Feely, well, God bless you for that, but you're wrong. It's Rodney Hill. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> if there's an opportunity for you to vote for uh, Lawrence Toa Feely, you don't typically go in that direction. Uh, but the thing I'd say here is towards the end of spring camp, it's a yellow flag, not a red flag. But there was a little bit of ball security issue surrounding Rodney Hill. The funny thing was we got a lot of questions about that, I think, in the chat and on the boards about, have you seen any issues? And this was maybe midway through camp. I had, In his entire time, I, I'd never seen ball security as a problem for Rodney Hill. But then lo and behold, poster, you jinxed the whole damn thing because he fumbled in a key situation the next practice I went to. And then in the spring showcase, he, he did turn the ball over as well. So that would be the one yellow flag to monitor, take a look at for the season because it's about trust. The other thing I'd say is that Noah Feely has gotten worlds better at straight ahead running. And that's going to be the key. If Rodney Hill wants to bounce, like if he gets into these games and, and he wants to bounce and make a big play, that doesn't service as well because Trey Benson will do that. Trey's got to get tougher and go straight ahead. But I think that was the value of having Treshawn Ward in the bowl game was that when it didn't work early on for Trey Benson against Oklahoma, Treshawn Ward's no-nonsense straight-ahead approach was the, the 
the lightning to the thunder that we needed. It was the other compliment. So whoever that second guy is going to be, and if it is Rodney Hill, it'll be because he's straight ahead. You got to have a little bit more of that this year. When you listen to running back coaches, and I've been around some, obviously there have been plenty to come through here, and there were those that were on staff when I played football. And, and one of the things you – and you hear Mike Norvell, who's not a running backs coach, but obviously the head coach and an offensive mind. When we're at practice, man, the one thing – and it hasn't changed at all in 25, 30 years. I, the number one thing you hear is hit it. Yep. And they get so effing mad when a running back dances, yep. delays, bounces – is always looking for the big play instead of the yardage that is there. And you will hear hit it at the top of their lungs over and over and over again. And I would just suggest that that is what's going to be ringing in uh, all of the running backs ears come the fall because they have an offensive line. That's going to change the line of scrimmage guys. Trust it. You haven't had a reason to trust it this year. You can trust it. Go, get downhill, get to the second level, and if you want to make somebody miss there and bounce once we get five to six, fine. But we don't need to be looking for alternative holes here and bouncing around when you've got a, a bunch of maulers up front with size and depth. Yeah, there's a time and a place for that. Outside zone is one of those times and places. Sure, sure, sure. Up. Chris Thompson is one of the great examples in Florida State history at being patient and then explosive when you need to be. And Rodney Hill does have a gift. This is the hard thing. you got to coach against it a little bit because Rodney has a little bit of Dalvin in him. He's not, nobody's Dalvin, but he has a little bit of that where he has the speed that he can do the, the math on where he needs to be, how much time he has. He can set things up for the big payday. Two guys later, he knows he's going to make the first guy miss. He can get the corner. Now, what do I do with the second player? Like He's got a little bit of that to him, but I want to see this year's group have more reps because of the offensive line, basically I want to see more play calls of inside zone and or straight ahead, the dive, baby. You know, that that's where if you have maulers, you don't have to worry about the perimeter as much. You can go straight between the tackles and reset the line of scrimmage and set the tone for the game. We haven't had the line to be able to pull that off, but I think we're starting to get to a place where maybe as soon as this season, you could see that against mid-tier to upper-tier competition. It was an eye-opener last year against Clemson when they ran outside zone, and they were able to do so successfully and bully Clemson. But between the tackles, we haven't gotten there yet, and I think we're on the brink of being able to do that. Well, it's the most, uh, to me, it's a battering ram form of football that is the most emasculating for a defense to deal with um, when you're having success running downhill, and we're talking about a dive or a trap or a counter or a veer, and we're just talking about between the tackles, get you some um, – you know, I, I love those kinds of play calls and I love those kinds of teams uh, because it speaks to not just your capabilities up front. Obviously, you can be maulers at that point, but it speaks to a mindset. Yeah. And the way that you, and, and also those things travel. Yes. High powered yeah. offenses that chuck the ball around the lot that does not always travel. You get an inclement day, you get a windy day, you get tough conditions where you can't hear and you're not on the same page. All that stuff can be problematic for offenses that really rely on a sort of a passivity. You know, throwing the ball is not the same as running. Yards are yards, you can say that. But the truth is they're not gained the same way, and they also don't send a message the same way. 
and you run the ball, you're sending a message to everybody, we're tougher than you. Yeah, it's part and parcel to what we saw. In the <laughs> I am? How's that possible? Yeah, now you're not. Now you're not. It was oh. a delay. Okay. You're good. You're good. It, it's part and parcel to, you know, something in Mike Norvell's coaching tree in history. Uh, 2013, when you saw what Gus Malzahn brought to the table in that national title game, which was physicality on first down. I mean, over and over, especially if they move the chains, it's going to be a dive as quickly as they can run it. It'll gas you, but then what does it do? It opens the seams. The seams become wide open, and now you have the guys to be able to take advantage of the seams. It's just, it's a perfect one-two jab and then haymaker, and I want to see that in the offense this year. Fun poll question, Tom, and I just wanted you to know that I saw it and that I responded to it, at least mentally. I saw it, and I responded to it, and I brought it to the table for you. So there you go. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.